What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Why Jesus Podcast, episode 21. I'm really excited for our guest today. I know I say that every episode. It's because we, we be having exciting guests, so that's why. But this one in particular, because he is in the Christian hip-hop world, and not just in it, but making a whole lot of noise. And he has a similar background to me as as far as music goes, you know, starting in, in secular music. But the difference is I kind of just left music behind and he took his talent and skill to glorify God. So I'm extremely excited to introduce you guys to somebody you probably already know, Mr. Dayton. How are you doing, brother? I am great, my brother. I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, man, I'm I'm so excited. Hold on, let me just turn off this Wi-Fi because I forgot that I'm directly plugged in. Boom. Um, I'm so excited to have you on here. Uh, what's interesting is like I've I've always seen your name pop up when when I first became a Christian. I would see your name pop up here and there, but it wasn't until my boy C4 um, kind of got involved in in your camp, right, and a part of your label, and C4. Like I knew him when he was super young. I had this apartment in um in uh where was it? In Mount Vernon. And his cousin lived next door, right? We both lived in the boiler room. So this is like how crazy it was. We both lived in the boiler room. He lived in one door in the boiler room. I lived like you had to walk through the actual boiler room itself to get to my door. Um and so C4 would always be there with uh it was either his other brother or or cousin um rapping and since I used to rap they would like rap for me and at the time you know I'm the older dude they're they're younger and I'm just like you know I'm trying to do my own thing and here I got these young kids thinking that I'm like something special and I'm like man I'm living in this in this $500 a month apartment with the pipes coming through the ceiling cockroaches everywhere like I'm right next to your cousin I'm nobody special but he always had skill and then when I saw him get into the battle scene um, like he was just killing it in the battle scene. And then all of a sudden he started rapping Jesus songs. And this was before I was saved. And I'm like, I, if I remember correctly, it was before I was saved and I, I wasn't comprehending it, but he was still really good. And yeah. I don't mean to start this whole interview talking about C4, but that's oh, just no. all good. <laughs> That's just how I connected with your stuff. And he was the first artist that I really heard with like gritty Christian hip hop. And then it opened me up to, um, to you know, you and, and other artists that I've just been stumbling upon because I liked gritty hip hop, period, you know, from New York. That's that was it. I lost uh, record deals because I wouldn't change my gritty uh, hip hop stuff. So. To, to, to find a whole entire um, genre of music that I I feel good listening to is just incredible. So before we get into all that music stuff, I know I've been talking a lot, but uh, just give us your quick background. You know, how did you come to Christ? Quick background, make a, to condense an extremely long story, uh, kind of like you, I, I grew up a hip hop baby. My dad was a DJ. So, I mean, from infancy, I'm hearing hip hop records played. And, you know, of course, I aspire to emulate what I saw. My uncles are hip hop heads, my dad's friends. So I wanted to be an MC since like a baby. Um, and my dad is credited for being one of the first DJs, period, to bring hip hop into New Jersey because he would go to the, the, the park jams in uh in the Bronx out in New York and then like yo bring it to Jersey and they like what's this you know what I'm saying so um grew up a hip-hop baby had big dreams of being a rapper uh when I got into my teens I started to pursue music um you know one way of of building my buzz I always felt like a better songwriter but I felt like hey this battle stuff seems to be getting attention and this is like free Eight Mile. This is before Eight Mile. And um, I hit the battle scene hard. And then when Eight Mile picked up and came out, it's just everybody's attention was on the battle scene. Yep. So that really helped out big time. I ended up on 106 and Park Freestyle Friday. I was championed on that for a couple of weeks. 
Man, uh, you it, you, I'm sorry, but you just brought it back. Yeah, I brought it back. I'm aging myself right now, bro. The but I, I started fight. really young. Yeah, I was champion on that. That got me into Monday Night Fight Club, where Monday Night Fight Club, for those who may not know, it's like a celebrity battle scene that's really exclusive. You, you could only go by invite. So all the best of the best would be there. All these battle rappers today that, that are out of here, like, you know, the famous ones, they started at Monday Night Fight Club. Mm. I was champion on, on Monday Night Fight Club. Uh, at the time, I exclusively wanted to sign the Shady Records. Of course. So, yeah, they were on top of the world. 50 was on top of the world. I'm this young kid. I want to sign with Shady. Well, Riggs Morales, uh, he's a you know very famous A&R right now. I think he's like the president of Atlantic Records, if I'm not mistaken. He was the director of A&Rs at Shady uh, since he helped ran the fight club. Of course, he invited me over for some meetings, played some music for him, and it looked like, boom, I was going to get my opportunity. I was working on his demo for Shady. I don't know if you ever heard of NEMS. NEMS is yeah, pretty yeah. big right now. Well, then I was also in a group with my man NEMS. So that whole FYL thing he'd be screaming, the bing bong and all that, <laughs> I, I was a part of that pre, pre-Christ. So... So before Christ, me, Nems, and my other man is in a group. We're also working on like a group demo uh, for Bizarre for, from D12. He was going to take that to M. So I had two plugs. I had Riggs and I had Bizarre. Um, in this process, right, while all of this is going on, Def Jam's interested, Columbia Records is interested. I'm at, at, uh, at Quincy Jones' mansion talking to his nephew, Ferraris and Lambos in the front. My jaws dropped. This is this is stuff that, like, I, I don't park too much on the street stuff. But like, yo, I was a, a gangbanger, a, a drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? Poor. Grew up in poverty. Didn't have nothing. Um, And even didn't, I, I didn't get to see good. So I really had a hard time believing I would receive good. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, we was poor. I lived two years with no electricity and an ex- extension cord from the neighbor's house. So, just to, to plug up the fridge. And um, now I'm seeing my wildest dreams come true. And in my mind, I was like, yo, once I achieve these things, these things will fulfill this emptiness inside. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, yo, I need this girl. I need this car. I need this chain. I wanted to be flashy. I wanted to get my mama house. These are all hood dreams. I'm going to get my mama out the hood or at least get her a house. I started to see all of this come to fruition. Was able to put a down payment on a house with mixtape money. Um, Had the car I wanted. Had a, a stupid big chain with diamonds. I got the girl I wanted. The one that I was like, yo, when I blow up, I'm going to come back and get her. I didn't need the super blow up. And in my day, you had to become industry famous before you became famous to the world. So right now, you become famous to the world, and then the labels take recognition, and they give you a deal. With me, labels took recognition before, and they put you out and made you out. So I was industry famous. I got famous friends. I'm rapping on beats from Alchemist, all the heat makers, all the best producers at the time. Um, So I got to a point during all of this, the passion of the Christ comes out. I have this kid. Yeah. I have this kid in my group and he was probably 15 at the time. And aside from FYL with NEMS, I had my own group that I started in back in North New Jersey. So this kid was the chosen one to me. Like he was just better than everybody else in my group. He was only 15, 16 rapping like a grown man. I go watch the passion of the Christ. I'm living with a, a female. And I believe she was pregnant at the time. Um, we watched The Passion of the Christ. When we leave, I'm like floored, bro. Uh, I wasn't religious, didn't have a religious background. And we, my best friend, his girl, me and my girl get in the car. And I'm just like, yo, I wish I never saw this. And they were like, yeah, because it was gory. I'm like, I wish I never saw this because what do I do with this information? It resonated. It's only the Holy Spirit that can do that. And I'm not saying I was sealed by his spirit at that time, but it really pierced my heart and really messed with me. From that point on, I couldn't continue in my sin in peace, but I was 
hard-headed. I, I was, I had idols, you know what I'm saying? So I, went, I refused to let him go, but I couldn't continue in peace. So now my this kid sees the passion of Christ also. He knows, right? He's, his name is Lionel. So Lionel knows that when I get on, he's the first to get on. And he sees it. He went with me to 106 in Park. He saw me be champion. He hears the, I'm like a hood celebrity at this time. And Lionel comes to my house and he tells me, yo, I'm dropping out the group. I'm giving my life to Jesus. And I'm like, nah, you can rap and still believe in God. I'm trying to talk him out of it. Yeah. Um, of course, I still wanted him to be involved, but more so is like, if he could walk away from this all, that, that, what's my excuse? So it really convicted me. It convicted me. It really messed with me. Um, that kid, I, w I probably had the most influence on him. He smoked his first blunts with me, probably drank his first, you know, swig of liquor with me. And he cut everyone else off so he can grow except me, except his OG. He didn't cut me off. So now from time to time, my man would come through. He had a whip and he'd be like, yo, I'm going to pick you up real quick. Pick me up and minister to me. Play Christian hip hop for me. And I would try to out debate him or debate him out of his beliefs and would fail miserably. Um, I seen God take this guy who was like a, a, a nuisance. Like he was a knucklehead kid with hype too much, hyperactive. I used to, used to literally have to grab him up in the studio and shake him up because he'll piss the rest of the group off. Like, yo, man, stop playing so much. And I seen God just turn him into like the wisest man. Um, I mean, he did such an A-plus job at witnessing to me. This is, was like a 15-year-old, 16-year-old at the time. I still use some of the, the practices that he used on me today. Man, God really, his hand was on this kid. Uh, make a long story short, um, I do this MTV reality show. Uh, and I got MTV following me around in the hood with cameras. I won this competition and this was it. I was going to be out of here. I'm back and forth uh, with Detroit, with D12, all these dreams coming true, all these opportunities. Um, this kid sees that. He's like, man, I'm losing them. You know what I'm saying? So he tells me, Dayton, I'm going to come pick you up. Picks me up. We pull up to... We drive mad far. We pull up to this beautiful home. And I'm like, yo, who's this? All of a sudden, this female comes out, and she's very familiar. I'm like, yo, that's old girl from Total. Remember Diddy's group Total? Yep. So the lead singer, Pamela Long, the one with short hair, kind of, you know, she was cock diesel. So Pamela Long comes out, and I'm like, yo, that's Pam from Total. We go into our house, and... What I didn't know is she walked away from from Bad Boy and gave her life to Christ. So wow. the, the public may think that Diddy dropped them, but they had just dropped a double platinum out, the second album. So they had Kissing You on it, all these hit singles, and disappeared. It's because Pam left. So when Pam walked away from the fame, my man Lionel meets her, and he asked her, like, yo, could you talk to my man? Because he's about to blow um, we, we sit down and man, what she said and how she witnessed to me that day really, really pierced my heart. And it just got to the point where like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm on this hamster wheel headed nowhere fast, thinking these things will fulfill me and they wouldn't. Um, at, it took a very long time. A man witnessed to me for years. He probably started in 2004 and this is now 2007 comes around and I'm just like, Yo, none of this is doing it. None of this is doing it. After my man Proof died, Eminem's best friend, that prolonged the process. Eminem, of course, they wasn't picking up the phone no more trying to sign no rapper. So that stopped. Uh, I was playing so many games with Columbia Records and Def Jam with, with a bidding war. Like, yo, but Shady is over here offering, so y'all should put more on the table. Now they like, nah, go to Shady, punk. You know what I'm saying? Get out of here. So all these opportunities stopped. God ceased them all to get my attention. I just remember moments being like whole grown man on my knees crying, begging him to leave me alone so I could do me. That's how hard and strong the conviction was. He relentlessly pursued me. Um, 
And yo, just one day, man, I just was like, yo, I'm gonna call my man and 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 tell him pick me up. I'm gonna go to church with him. I did that. Um, he picks me up. We go to church. I respond to an altar call, and the pastor says, he says, you know, if you were to pass away today, your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And at that moment, I said every curse word in the world in my mind to him. I mean, get out of here. You know what I'm about to do after this? I'm trying to take this dude, girl. I'm about to go smoke this blunt. This is what I thought of myself. I, I'm like, I'm going to hell. I ain't going to heaven. Like, man, why are you lying to me? So my friend is mad, excited. He's been witnessing to me for years. We leave, he sees me. I'm the only one that responds to this altar call in this huge church. And he's like, <laughs> Bro, poor guy, he's smiling. He's like, yo, Dayton, how you feel? And I'm just like, beep, 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 mad cursing. Man, bump that dude. Da, da, da. He lied to me. So um, I take, I go on, I make little, try to make my little promises to God because I got into a scenario where I, I got into some trouble and was like, God, if you let me off the hook, I'll, I'll give you my life. I'll give you my music. I'll give you everything. God got me off the hook, and I was like, yo, good looks, and I kept doing me. So I did something I said I wouldn't do, and my carnal, stupid mind, not understanding how this faith works. But I called my boy, and I'm like, man, I promised God that I, was, I wasn't I was going to mess with this married woman, and I did. And, man, and I did this and this and that, all this stuff. And he just laughed. He's like, yo, Dayton, you can't serve Jesus without Jesus. He's like, that's what you're trying to do. He's like, come to church, bro. I went with him that Sunday and never turned back, man. I gave my life to the Lord. And I mean, it was a slow process for me. I wasn't one of those zero to 60. You know, it took some time for him to clean up my mouth. It took some time for me to get out the club, rapping with Nems, middle finger in the air, talking about F your life. Um, but, you know, every sermon I heard sounded like it was directly for me. He could have been preaching about apples and oranges. It sounded like, I, I want your life. I want your gift. I want it all. Of course, what us rappers do, it's all I've ever known. I get saved. At the time, I have this uh, contract with the studio. My boy puts up drug money so I could sign this contract with a studio and block out like a whole, to record a whole album. I have this secular company at the time. They've since like a, uh, you know, they, they don't exist anymore. But at the time, it was like buzzing, underground company. It was like a, a, a an accomplishment to have them involved with the album process. They were documenting the whole thing. And as I'm recording from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, bro. It was I had no plans of being a Christian rapper, but everything was coming out Christ-centered. I mean, to the point where if I were to release the content, it would be biblically sound, like straight up. And... I wasn't really immersed in the scriptures. I wasn't in the scriptures like that. You know, I had like basic knowledge. Um, and the, the company takes and they like, yo, Dayton, we, this is the last week we coming. I'm like, why? He's like, man, you making a Christian rap album. I'm like, ah, nah, chill. You know what I'm saying? He's like, nah, we, we done. Um, I'm recording this song. I'm with my man Lionel outside the studio. And I just tell him, I'm like, yo, man, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be recording an album right now. I feel convicted. And he was like, bro, I knew you wasn't going to receive it if I told you. So I've been praying for God to speak to you. He's like, yeah, I really think you need to sit down and grow in the Lord before you go trying to, you know, seek a, a platform. And I did, man. I put the mic down for like two years, three years. And I just grew in the Lord. I really made up my mind that, yo, I'm done with rap. Um, but the very same people that were suggesting that I put the mic down now started to be like, yo, I got this open mic. They discipled me. They saw I was ready. I got this open mic. You should spit. I come through to the Christian open mic rap and I really had no plans for it to be, the, to, to go this far, but God saw fit to use me. And since then, man, I've toured the, the, the world, um, got to see the planet preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, bro. Oh, yeah, it's been good stuff. That's that's such an incredible story. Like I'm just sitting here listening to it, and since 
you know, since I was in the music industry, quote unquote, in the music industry, you know, because um, there's there's levels to that, uh, to saying that. Um, but like hearing you deal with all of the the craziness that goes on, you know, where you're you have this carrot at the end of the stick, you know, the record deal that's just, just going to change your life completely. Right. And it's like everything that you do in your life is focused on that carrot at the end of the stick. You don't know who's going to give you the carrot. You want to be in a specific, you know, uh, you know, like shady aftermath, you know, that whole era. That was like the, that's where I wanted to be too. I had meetings with G unit. I screwed them all up. Like it, it's, it's, it's such like an engulfed focus and I also understand what it feels like to have that focus shattered because you're like, nah, this is, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, for, for you, it was, it was Christ before it was Christ. It was, um, business for me. I, I got introduced to like business and marketing and, and all that. And I was looking for a way out cause I was so tired of the music industry. I was so tired of the nonsense of no, John, you got to be like this. And I'm like, no, I, I don't want to Yeah, I don't want to rap like that. I, I record, I remember my manager, he was, um, we were working with, uh, cash money, young money, uh, at the time. Right. He was like all the way in there and they had me recording these like club songs. I was not a club rapper. So every club song that I made, I threw like shots at my manager on the club song, you know? So like I, I hated the music industry, so I was looking for a way out. And then I got involved in business and I realized that I could not take the industry life into my my business if I wanted to be successful. And wow. that's kind of how God got me out of that. Because I was like, I wanted the top spot of um, of World Star Hip Hop. You know when they had the banner, right? Uh, oh. The banner at the top of World Star. And then you had the little videos underneath. The little videos, they did good. But it was four thousand dollars for the the top banner, right? And so I didn't have it at the time, but I had a fire video that I won an underground music award for, and I was just like, "All right, cool, we gonna rob somebody," you know, like that. That was the mindset that I was in. We the person I was gonna rob actually ended up going to jail. So it's like you look at you look back at all this stuff, and you're like, "Wow, God was even providing for you when when you." essentially weren't even his it's like you were his before you were his you know facts and uh so hearing your story it like brings all of all of this stuff back to me and, and like reflecting on it in my life so before we we jump even further into this i have a question that has always been on my mind as far as it goes to christian hip-hop what do you say to christians like what do you say to christians who believe that Hip hop has no place in Christianity. I would say it's ignorant. I would say it's closed minded. I would say it's extremely arrogant. It's foul to speak, uh, foul of what God can do. Um, these are clearly people who, yo, they have not seen its fruit. Yes, of course. There's there's arrogance that may come with it, but there's a, there's a level of arrogance that comes with preaching, with teaching, with any platform. You can have someone have false motives, you know what I'm saying, as they participate. Preaching, teaching, YouTubing, whatever it is, if it comes with a platform, the person with the platform must treat it like hazardous chemicals that you're cooking up, you're mixing to to make a cure for other people. Yeah, I'm cooking something up that can cure you, but it can blow up in my face. You know what I'm saying? In the long run. Um, but you don't throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. Just because you've seen some bad apples, just because you've seen secular hip-hop, that, that gifting be used to harm people. Like, yo, Christian hip-hop bears fruit. I've seen it myself. I'm a product of it. As my man witnessed to me, like I said, you know, I tried to condense this long testimony because there's a bunch of other crazy stuff that happened. But, yo, one of the things that really also God used to pierce my heart was Christian hip-hop. That was my love language. It's all I know. So when my man gave me the truth CD, the truth, the faith, and now I'm I'm admiring his wordplay. I'm like, man, they talking this old Christian bull. Like, I ain't trying to, but he's nice, though. 
I'm studying his wordplay. His words are, are, are piercing my heart. You know what I'm saying? They're ministering to me. They're planting seeds. So, um, man, it, it's hip hop is the language of a, of a, a generation of a culture. And sometimes, yo, know, there's just like a deep connection that people may have with the music, with music period. So if that music is communicating the good news of Jesus Christ and that person internalizes it, yo, right there, they may not, they don't want to hear a, a, a pastor, a preacher, a teacher. They don't want to hear you on the corner doing open air preaching. And I do that. So there's no shade to that. But yo, maybe hip hop is a way, a, a, a vehicle to, to be able to communicate that message. And I would just say it's ignorance. It's legalism. You know, bro, every... For instance, YouTube. You're using this platform to preach, teach, communicate the truth of the gospel. How many other people use this platform to do harm, to spread, you know, evil and hate? It all, it, it matters with... What matters is what you do with the platform. And that's how I feel about hip-hop. Because I can demonize anything else they, they do, you know? I'm sure they got a Facebook page. Facebook wasn't made for righteous purposes. I'm pretty sure they got an Instagram because that's where they leaving the comments from, from Instagram. You think Instagram was made to, to worship God? Psh, bro, the dude is a super atheist. You feel me? The owner of it. So, yo, it matters. What matters is what you do with your platform. I would say the same principle applies for hip-hop. I would agree. It's it's interesting to me how, uh, you know, I only see commentary here and there, but um, I, I rarely see it of like Christian country music, yet a, a huge majority of Christian country musicians now are quote unquote de deconstructing and allowing things um, and supporting things in the culture that are very anti-Christian, you know, and it, it's in, in every genre of anything, whether it's music, whether it's TV, whether it's whatever, if you have a big group of Christians in there, some Christians are going to fall away, you know, but I've just noticed a lot more in the, like the country music, but you don't hear the same criticism as uh, yeah, rock and roll too, bro. The, yep. the whole, the contemporary thing, bro, come on, wherever you have humans, you can, you're going to have screw ups. Yep. So bro, we're, we're, we're in desperate need of a savior where we live in a fallen world. Yo, you're going to have a bunch of bad apples guaranteed, just like you do in the church. So man, like I, I, I read it and I'm just like, uh, like, bro, look at, look at him. He looks like the world. Meanwhile, they have a suit on looking like you think mobsters wear suits. You look like a mobster. You know what I'm saying? But you're so used to in your church seeing people with suits. You know what I'm saying? You think it's it's it makes you more godly, bro. Tony Montana had a, a, a suit on too, bro. So and the uh the biggest the biggest schemers in the world wear suits, politicians. So you know, it's uh per perception is not reality, even though they say that it is. Um so let's talk about the menace movement. How how did you get from, you know, just dating, rapping and, and doing his thing to now this whole menace movement and where did the name menace come from? You know, how, how did, how was this created and what are all of you guys working on right now? Yo, so, um, when I started after a couple years in, I signed with God over money as a solo artist, right? Um, it, it was the label I wanted to sign with because I felt like Bizzle's heart, you know, we we shared the same heart, had the same passions. And I saw that he was passionate about spreading the gospel. So now, boom, along the way, I'm, I, I, by the grace of God, uh, he trusts me with this platform. I, I, I generate a, a buzz in a platform. And I run across these artists who are like-minded in the faith as far as theology goes, as far as passion goes, they have a passion for people. And I knew that I would usually feed artists to Bizzle, like, yo, Biz, hear this dude, hear this dude, hear this chick, you know what I'm saying? Um, but these people, I was like, yo, 
they have a different sound. Um, I don't know if that would be Bizzle's taste, but I feel like they deserve a chance. Um, so I wanted to create a platform, a record label, to be able to give, uh, you know, the unlikely a chance. And, and when I say unlikely, it's not because they're not talented or just, it's just because it's a different sound. You know what I'm saying? And with CHH, with Christian hip hop, it's not like secular hip hop. It's, it's less risky and more cookie cutter. So in Christian hip hop, whatever's popping, 95%, 98% is going to go that route. And I'm like, yo, look at him doing boom bat, the C4. Look at uh, uh, Jess Norris doing his soulful R&B. Look at Steph, a lyricist. Like, I'm like, man, they need to be heard. So, man, I, I took and decided to invest into this thing, invest into them. And the name came from, man, the world is so backwards right now. Um, you know, good is bad, bad is good. And when you stand for the truth of Jesus Christ, you're a menace in, in the world's eyes. You're a nuisance. You're, I didn't want to start a label called uh, Nuisance Movement. So I'm like, yo, hey, we the menace movement. And when I started this, I, like the word menace is like a trendy word right now. I started this before it was a trendy word. I was praying about what name. I said, what What are we? What would we be in the world's eyes? I, I just felt like, yo, we'll definitely be targeted for this message. And that's where the target on the logo comes from. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then I just say, yo, we'll, we would be a stench in, in Satan's nostrils. We'd be a menace. Like, yo. I'm going to stick with that. That's what I'm going to run with. I, I signed my boy Stefanato and uh, started with him, then signed his wife, Jess Norris, and so on and so forth. And I got a collective of fire artists who are passionate about the gospel and passionate about evangelism and passionate about ministry, but they all lyricists. Like, I got a collective of lyricists, like bars fit. Yeah, and that's that's my favorite part about it is the bars. Like, yeah. I... That that is, you know, we grew up in an era um, where it met it mattered how many syllables you rhymed, you know, it, it it mattered how if you could rhyme something at the beginning of the bar, then at the end of the bar, right, and then in the next bar have it in the middle of the bar and the end of the bar and have it all flow together. Like these were, it was a it was a beautiful construction of um, sounds and and words and. Uh, saying them just a little bit differently to make them fit. And it was just like this this beautiful symphony of lyricism. And now today I'm just like, ah. Yeah. yeah. It's, so the fact that you're doing that in a, you know, Christian context is incredible. I remember when I listened to, you know, when C4 sent me the Snakeskin Bible cover EP, uh, when he kind of first got started with you guys, I remember listening, I listened to that EP on repeat in the gym over and over and over and over. Cause this was my, this was my first real time taking time to listen to gritty Christian hip hop. And, and I'm like, yo, I'm so glad this exists, you know, <laughs> for yeah. people, for people like me. And there's people out there that, you know, it was funny how you were, not funny, but interesting how you were talking about um, how when you listened to Christian hip hop, this was ministering to you. This was, you know, piercing your soul and speaking your language, you know, and uh, something that I learned in business is if you want to make a sale, you have to speak the language of the customer. You can't just, um, you know, say this is why you need it. No, you have to understand why they would need it and then you you talk to them in that language we've seen uh recently how companies are not speaking the language of their customers and they're trying to tell their customers how they should be acting and the backlash is loss of billions you know yeah. so in the same way um the fact that you guys are, are doing this is just it's incredible to me so how do you you know because when you're when you have a secular label right the only thing you have to worry about is, does this person have talent and can I make money off of them, right? That, that's pretty much it. Uh, can we exploit them as much as possible? Uh, are they marketable? Are they attractive? You know, the whole entire list. And they don't have to be attractive, you know, in, in the way like a model would have to be attractive, but attractive to an audience that people would want to see and listen 
to them. But when it comes to signing Christian artists, there's a whole list of other things that you have to look at because you're essentially in a leadership position, right? When when you're you're essentially a preacher on beats, right? So if you're, you know, what as you're sifting through all of this talent, what are some things besides just the talent you look for when not only collaborating yourself on like a track with somebody, but an artist that you're like, I'm signing this person. Um, of course, you know, I'm not gonna lie and be like bars don't matter. That's the first initial, that's the the, the bait on the hook. Yeah. Then now I start to look into their character. Uh, how do they conduct themselves? Are they held accountable? Are they involved at, at their local church? Uh, you know, would they be equipped to minister if we went out? Um, now they can have the lyricism because there's plenty of fire lyricists, right? There's one I could think of, of course, I won't name him, but his music was incredible. Probably would be my biggest artist if I had signed him. And I know he would have liked to sign. But when I looked into his life, it was just some things that's just like, uh, I believe the brother saved, but it's just like, yeah, I don't think he's equipped for ministry. So after touring with God over money so much, it opened my eyes to how effective Christian hip hop can be. And I said, you know, cause we we're out there doing ministry by the grace of God. So I said, Hey, when I start my own label, I want people equipped for that environment that can go out and, and pray for people that, that will respond, uh, and just have a sound, you know, response, biblically sound. And I've done life with all these people. So I, there's no strangers in my circle. I didn't sign any strangers. I went to church with three of them. I've been like best friends with one for over 10 years. Um, I played Monster Tarver. He lives uh, like super close to me, like a half hour away. Uh, I started hanging out with him a lot before I approached him, like, for like a couple years just to, you know, see how he conducts himself. Um, so there's no strangers in my circle. Like C4, I've known C4 since we were in the world. Life. It's not like we were like BFFs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I first heard of him and people told me like, yo, I know this dude. We, we got this kid with us. His name's C4. We call him Baby Dayton. Cause I'm I'm older than C4 is, so um I'm be like word. I found them on MySpace, and I was like, oh, I see the similarity. Yeah, I just aged myself. <laughs> I found C4 on MySpace, and I'm like, oh, I, I I I hear the similarity, but he's original. You know what I'm saying? Um, I saw him kill it in the battle scene, and then you know somewhere along the road, we we parted ways. He was serving the Lord, but then he backslid. Crazy quick story is, um. Someone was tuned in to C4 Secular Music. I had just dropped my artist Stefanato's first album. C4 used the same sample, so their beat sounded very similar, like C4's beat and my artist's beat. My boy sends it to me, and I listen to C4's joint, and I'm like, man, this dude is so dope. Like, I hit him up, and I'm like, yo, fan, I ain't got to tell you, bro. You know you're running from God. It's like, yo, you know you're running from God, bro. Like, God want to use this gift of yours. And he responds, he's like, hey, it's crazy that you hit me up about this. I gave my life to Christ four months ago. I rededicated my life to Christ. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I was like, that's crazy. So I played him close. It was maybe about two years, listening to his music, helping him out. And then just it got to the point where it's just like, bro, you might as well just come on with us. Like, and he was the last artist I saw. Yeah, C4 is, he he's one of my favorite people. His personality, his laugh is like, uh, you could, you could, you could trademark his laugh. You know, he's yeah. just, he's just such an incredible dude. So what are some of the challenges that you guys face, you know, being in, um, being in, in hip hop, and people maybe not understanding what it is you guys are actually doing. What are some some challenges that you face since the since the hip hop scene is mostly secular? You know, it, it's yeah. it's mostly it's not just secular. It's like debaucherous. You know, yeah. I li I listen to some of the stuff I used to to rap 
and I even put it in, in my book. I was like, look, if you ever want to see how far God has taken me, just search jclash on datpiff.com. But datpiff.com just recently changed their stuff, so you can't even find me. But, um, you know, or, or on YouTube, there's some videos that I just can't erase. Like, I can't get them taken down. And mm. I'm like, yo, I used to, this is how I used to think. So in an environment where everybody thinks like that, what are some challenges you guys face um, go, going, you know, headfirst uh, with a biblical narrative? And it's, it's a challenge from two sides because uh, with the younger generation in Christian hip-hop, they, you know, not with all, you want to paint a broad stroke, but for the most part, a lot of them are watered down in content. And the their gatekeepers, their role models, you know, weren't good examples. So we look, we look like we're too, like, holy roller for them. Like, we doing too much. You know what I'm saying? So we get shunned by Christian hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? Um... Yeah, they treat us like we do too much. They treat us like we too, like, yo, they too over-spiritual. They too, they they super jesus out. Um, So we get shunned on the Christian hip-hop side. And then, of course, the world don't want to hear what we got to say because it's convicting. You know what I'm saying? Um, So it, it's it's a, a big challenge. We're, we're menaces on, on, on both sides because we not doing what they do. We not doing what they do. We going to do what we do. And we just won't glorify God. So uh, the goal isn't to be over preachy. And we just, yo, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Speak what's on your heart, you know? Speak what the Lord has placed on your heart, not just what's from your heart. The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. But what the Lord has placed on your heart, man, speak that. So, um, yeah, that's the challenges we face, man. Getting shunned, not accepted. What's what's interesting is... Uh one of the biggest selling artists, Eminem, right? Uh, one of his criticisms was that he was too vulgar. You know, he was too on the edge. You know, he made song. They had to take that that song Kim off the album, you know, off, off one of the albums. Um, so it's interesting how uh, the industry saw that as like, you know, oh, that's, you're, you're pushing some boundaries here. They even had to like uh, remove when he spoke about Columbine, you know, from his mm -hmm. actual album. So this dude pushed the limits in in that direction and is now labeled, you know, one of the greatest. And he is one of the greatest lyricists, you know, just because I don't, sure. you know, just because I don't agree with what he's talking about doesn't mean I can't um, understand. Admire the skill that it takes to put together words. There's not a human being on planet Earth putting together multi-syllable rhyme schemes like that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? He's the bar. Like I'm, in, yeah. I'm, I'm super intentional about my rhyme schemes. That's not by accident. I'm counting my syllables. Like I'm trying to outdo myself. Like yo, I, I just did an eleven syllable rhyme scheme. I'm gonna try to do a fifteen with this one. And who, who set that bar? That's M. That's yeah. M all the way. But yo. yeah. So you know he pushed the boundary that way. It's so funny to hear that. Uh, Christian artists are like, you guys are pushing the bar too far in the other direction. Like, sure. That's bananas. Sure. That's bananas to me. I, I feel like I'm, mm. that you might be a mirror for them, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I believe that. I believe that. Somebody confessed that to me at one point. It was just like, yo, at one point, I just thought y'all was too over-spiritual. And then, you know, I realized that I wasn't spiritual enough. So I'm trying to see what y'all trying to do. Like, we want to make music now. Um, but the funny thing is this, bro, the world, like in, in Christian hip hop, their, their standard for skill is very different. Like when you see the com the, the comments about who got the best pen, a lot of times it's like, word, like that's who got the best pen. No, Hey, I might like the dude's music, but it's like, okay, y'all standards is a little different over here. Yeah. The world respects skill. And as of late, I don't know what it is, man, but but everybody that has inspired me, with the exception of Nas, um, like, bro, be on my line, be in my DM. Like, yo, M just, you know, not just a couple years back, M hit my man Armin. I mean, it's posted on my page, on my IG. You can check it out. I saw uh, 
yeah, my man Armin was was in talks with Eminem, and he sends me screenshots with a conversation with him and Eminem, and Eminem sends him my single Hallelujah all day. Uh, I'm in talks with R.J. Payne. I'm I'm talking to Elzai, all these different you know artists that that I admire. Chino XL, like they want to do records with me, sending me ver uh, uh, beats to to drop a feature. Like they respect skill, and it's it's starting to get to the point where. I, I would say the mainstream rejects us, but it seems like the underground is accepting of me. And it's like, man, they asking me to come over here and spit my Jesus rap. They not telling me, yo, Dayton, water it down. Like, yo, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the Lord. I want to talk about, like, your perspective. I'm going to talk about how I'm struggling, and I want you to, you know, speak truth into my life. Like, stuff like that. And But the Christian side be like, we doing too much. So it's, yeah. it's, um, that's it, incredible because you're doing exactly what you spoke about at the beginning. You're, you're speaking their language and they may not have, um, you know, reached the point yet where they're, where they want to start speaking, um, about this stuff, but you're definitely planting seeds. And Greg Kokel says it best, you know, you just want to put a pebble in somebody's shoe. Right. But so what you were saying is also interesting because, you know, how you're saying that, like, they respect the skill, right? And I think that we're coming to a point, you know, not only with music, but just in Christian culture as a whole, where people are, they want, especially younger people, are coming back to theology. You know, they're coming back to wanting to devour the word and wanting to understand scripture and they're they're becoming less emotional, you know, and and more focused on you know what does the Bible actually say? And I think that as that shift happens, um, people will probably become more interested in the style of music that you guys are doing. And it may not be the same type of beats and everything, but that that real solid theological uh, talking about the world through a Christian lens type music, because it's, it's the only thing that like feeds the soul, you know? For sure. So for sure. With, with that being said, we're coming up uh, on our hour of, of time with you. And I appreciate you being here. What is, do you believe is the future for Christian hip hop as a whole? And more specifically, what do you think the future, you know, not what do you think, God willing, what is the future for, you know, the whole menace movement and you as a solo artist? So what I hope the future is, it's kind of piggybacking off of what you just said. Younger people are starting to crave theology. God will use one extreme to, to it's human nature. Like either the pendulum swing swings too far to the left or too far to the right. Right now, uh, the pendulum has went too far to the left. I see you going toe to toe with the demon slayers. Oh I'm gosh. with you, fam. <laughs> I'm with you, and I I can't wait to address this stuff myself. You know what I'm saying? I've so, thought about. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I've thought about putting it in a song. Like I'm like, how do I get these people to listen? You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 bro. I, uh, it's it's frustrating, and I'm an associate pastor myself, and I have to deal with or talk, have conversations with people who believe that stuff. Mm -hmm. They're watching the, the you know, those guys. I ain't even going to name them. They're no. watching all of them, and they're coming to me like, yo, you know, but he said, and I'm like, no, let's go through the word. So um, a lot of young people are taking notice to this, and I'll see the same kid who I may, you know, assume he's not as passionate about the word as as I think we should be as ministers. And, you know, yo, nah, look at them talking crazy. So I think what that's gonna what's gonna happen is the pendulum is gonna swing back to the right. Young people will be passionate about the word. It'll reflect in their music because from the abundance of the heart, like I said. Um, and I, I believe Christian hip hop will continue. Um, it people shouldn't be discipled through music but they can be discipled through music. They can be a form, another tool. Um, and I'm hoping it becomes that. As far as uh, plans for the menace movement, uh, I think Christian hip hop is always slower 
at at uh, picking up on things. So we see a wave in secular hip hop that you know you got the Griseldas and all that. They rapping on grimy beats. Um, I feel like we're we're not the only ones, but we're definitely a staple for that in CHH. And they they're slow to catch up, but they'll catch on. And I think we'll, God willing, we'll be around for a while doing this. I mean, me, my my music, I do a bit of everything. Um, but when I signed artists, I wanted to sign artists that can cater to that sound and talk that language for those people that like that. Oh, you like Benny the Butcher? You like, well, listen to C4. Not that he sounds like them, but he can communicate to those people. They would like that sound. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you like Lupe? You like Common? Hey, check Stefanato out. You, you like Tech Nine? Listen to uh, Monster Tarver. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited to watch this all play out in real time. Um, I'm super appreciative that that you came on here and, and, and spent time with me. I know you've been torn around like crazy and, and bouncing from here to there, from the West Coast to the East Coast, back to the West Coast, back home, back out again. So... The fact that that uh, that you took time to come and speak with me, I really appreciate it. And uh, so, just let people know where they can find you, right? Uh, like social media, all that. Yeah, um, hit me on the gram. It's at Dayton D A T I N underscore triple D T R I P L E D spelled out, or themenacemovement.com. You can find all of our social medias and everything, every music link, merch, all of that there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on here, guys, in the chat. Thank you all for being here. Make sure that you stay tuned to the Why Jesus podcast. Stay tuned to everything the Menace Movement is doing, and we will see you guys on the next one. God bless. God bless.